today is really special because you know that at the end of my episodes, I'm always thanking my dear producer, Michelle Rado, and she has her own podcast called Daring to Tell. And I was on that podcast. Actually, I've been on it multiple times. And today and next week, we are sharing our two-part conversation about the role that journaling plays in our lives and in our writing. Michelle asked such great questions that really got me spanning my whole life and really thinking about how the journal has been a steadfast companion for me, not only as an emotional balm, but also as the place where all of my writing, my professional writing, my book writing, my essay writing begins in the journal. You'll definitely want to listen in to this two-part conversation, part one right now and part two next week. Here it is. You forget about just how much a human absorbs in terms of magic and mayhem and heartbreak until you look back at the journal and you think, my goodness, do we as humans experience such wonder and such hardship? This is Daring to Tell, the podcast where I invite writers to read their true stories of personal daring, then we talk about writing and life. I am your host, Michelle Rado. Nothing's gonna make me brave, and nothing's gonna make me brave. Nothing's gonna make me brave except doing what makes me scared. How did it come to be that on January 1st, 1977, two incredibly auspicious things happened in one fell swoop? One, I got a diary. I probably got it for Christmas, actually, but it started on January 1st, and that is, in fact, the first entry that I have. So it's really the first journal I ever owned, a little tiny diary. The other thing is what I wrote in the diary. Dear diary, I did not do much. I could not go to Sarah's house just because I made a joke. The end. P.S. I learned how to read music. The end. In typical Michelle style, I buried the lead. My little P.S. was the other pivotal thing for what would happen later in my life. Music. I remember that day I sat at a little Wurlitzer keyboard. It like sat on the ground. It was not sophisticated at all. And my mom taught me musical notes. I learned middle C. I learned the treble clef. And I learned how to play Good King Wenceslas. And I would say the notes as I played them. And I was so excited about this, which led to January 2nd, 1977. Dear Diary, Tanya came over. She really didn't like my playing. I didn't do much else. The end. Else by the way, is spelled E-L-T-S. It was the start of a writing practice. 
that was very spotty early on. On the same day that I learned how to read music, again, very spotty early on. But I am looking at this old little diary because this month I am going to be talking about journals with the writer and writing coach Nadine Kenny Johnstone. Yes, the writer who has played such a huge role for me in my own writing and for whom I also produce a podcast called Heart of the Story. More on that in a bit. Later this week, Nadine will be announcing her book launch on Heart of the Story, which I hope you will check out. Then, after that, I will release another episode of Daring to Tell where she will read a chapter and we will talk more about that book. But today, I wanted to share the opening part of our conversation where I asked her about her earliest experiences with journaling. Yeah. Diary-wise, this started like first grade. Really journaling about my feelings. We're talking angsty preteen, like sixth grade. (laughs) And do you still have those? I have two giant Rubbermaid containers of all the diaries and journals I've ever written in. They are in pod storage as we speak since we are currently renting a furnished home. And so I am at the point as I approach my 40th birthday where I'm deciding soon when, when we unload that storage container, if I'm going to set them afire mm. or if I'm going to keep them because they're starting to take up a vast amount of space. <laughs> But I do love that I have this archive of everything that I've ever felt. And I have been journaling pretty consistently from a young person on. I think when I was in college, it was a little bit more spotty. But I mean, I've got journals for the last 35 years. Wow. When was the last time you looked at them or do you recall what they look like or do you remember things that you wrote? I mean, I'm just wondering the content as much as you remember from those very early little little girl Nadine days. Yeah. I do know that early on it was a keeper of just the events of my life. You know, we did this and that today. And then it morphed into how I was feeling and just a lot of emotional dumping. Mm -hmm. And then as I got older, late teen, early adult, it was me processing things on the page Mm -hmm. of like, oh, this is going on and I really don't know what to do about it. But then I hit a very specific time period where my entire journaling process changed, and that was in Mm 2014-ish, so almost 10 years ago. And that's actually where my book picks up, is with that moment where I was at a coffee shop. We had just moved from Massachusetts to Chicago and... My life was very uncertain because there were many things that were unknown. I just interviewed for a professor job, didn't know if I was going to get it, didn't know how my my nature-loving husband would adjust to living 
deep in the city. Like we were in mm-hmm. the city, didn't know how my one-year-old son would adjust, didn't know if our home in Massachusetts would sell or if we'd have to carry that mortgage and our rent. I mean, everything that you can imagine was just up in the air. And I pulled out my journal as I always would. And I just started writing in a way that I had never written, which is that I started writing a letter from my wiser self to my present self. And I was consoling myself. I was Mm -hmm. seeing myself on the page. I was consoling myself and I was just holding space for myself. And it was such a compassionate, calming method of journaling that I thought, at the end of it, I need more of that. And ever since then, so for almost 10 years, I've been writing these letters to myself every day. So now my journal, if you look back for all the journals that I've kept since then, almost every day is a letter to self from, Mm -hmm. and you can call it anything from your wiser self, from an all-knowing part of you, from some people might say higher power, whatever it is. I just think of it as my wiser self who's not like bogged down in the muck of all the chaos. Uh, So that's what the journals look like now, a lot of letters to self. I I love that so much. And that concept has really resonated with me as I've listened to so many of your essays because I too started a journal that was like a little girl diary. Um, mm-hmm. I think I was in fourth grade. I'm trying to remember something like that, which would be funny if it was fourth grade because that was the year that I met my friend Michelle, who you know is like <laughs> yeah, your best closest friend. sister pretty much. And so I loved the idea of it. And I got given, I was gifted a journal. So, mm. or a diary, I should say. It looked like Holly Hobby or somebody on the oh, cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And each day it had the date printed at the top of the page. So mm. it was guided in the to the extent that it was like, okay, what's today? And even back in first grade, I remember our first grade teacher, every day we came in and she had something on the blackboard that said like, today is Monday. It is 56 degrees. You know, (laughs) I like it was something about the weather, something that was going to happen. And we had to copy it down in our little blue books. There's maybe like four or five lines. And it was such a slog. We were always like, oh, there was even one time when we came in and it must have been, I didn't, I was not football is the only sport that got watched watched in my house as a child. And maybe it was opening day of baseball. I don't know. But there was a day we walked in. It's funny. I really remember this. And she had the lyrics to the entire Take Me Out to the Ball Game song <laughs> on the blackboard. And we all came in and we were like, that's too long. We can't read all that. Anyways, I digress in my little memories. But because There's something about imprinting that practice of writing every day that then speaks to us and and me too, because I go, okay, well, then I had every day I had a date and I would say today, you know, I went to school. Oh God, it's got embarrassing things about the boy I had a crush on at the time. Oh oh, yeah. Michael Kleinick. Oh, I mean, (laughs) I'm not not even going to say his name. (laughs) 
All right, I'll say it. Ronaldo. Oh boy, Ronaldo. I was just all about Ronaldo. So I look back and then I fell off of doing it. Like I didn't do it every day. And then in a subsequent year, I do another one. So it's like got multiple years, even though it's got a date. And then I remember sometimes there were times where I would go, I'd start filling in the year because in like an index card amount of space. <laughs> I would have 1977 was this and 1979 was that. And eventually, I suppose I ran out of, and I still have tons of blank pages anyways. So all of that to say, I really relate to the chance to look back at the earlier selves that we were. And, oh man, I have had so much more, sadly, I will confess, opportunities for looking back and going, oh, Jeez Louise, what an embarrassing person I was, as opposed mm. to saying, oh, little Michelle, she mm. was just trying to figure it all out. So, <laughs> Well, and as you're speaking, I can remember so many different kinds of journals that you're right, like I had the diary with the locket with the keys, and yeah. I had forgotten about it until my son had a book fair two months ago. And he bought a diary with the locket. Of course, it was Minecraft. That was the style of it. So, it, <laughs> right. um, But it had the keys. But when you're speaking, I'm thinking there are various kinds of journals, though, that have also played a major role in my life in that when I was pregnant with Geo, I was writing a journal. And mm. I keep that along with all of his baby stuff because at the beginning I was calling him Rhea Geo because we didn't know if it was a boy or girl. We oh. knew if it was a girl, it would be Rhea. If it yeah. was a boy, it would be Geo. And it took us through some really difficult times because, as you know, when he was maybe three or so months old in utero, we found out he had a kidney condition and mm -hmm. we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And so to stamp that in a book and be able to look back at just how oh my gosh, what a what a roller coaster it was, but then the elation when I made it to thirty six weeks or whatever to mm -hmm. full term to have that in a book along with the fact that I was pregnant with him during the Boston Marathon bombing. Oh, wow. And I was supposed to go to the marathon <gasps> to cheer on some of the people my, I was teaching at a university at the time and the students had friends who were running the marathon and mm. I was going to be there. And so like that book, that little short journal contains such high highs and right. such low lows. Yeah. And it's like you forget about just how much a human absorbs in terms of magic and mayhem and heartbreak until you look back at a book and you go, oh my gosh, you look back at the journal and you think, my goodness, do we as humans experience such wonder and such hardship. Mm -hmm. And there are also times when the journal can act as an extension of love. So there was a year in our early marriage with Jamie and I when money was tight and we didn't have much extra funding for an anniversary gift. And we knew that this was the case. And so I said, you know what? 
let's give each other journals. Mm -hmm. And then for the next weeks and months, every week we could just write something in the journal. And then during our anniversary, we can give it to each other. And Mm -hmm. so I picked out a journal for him. He picked out a journal for me. And on Sundays, we would sit opposite each other in separate recliners and we would write a note to each other, not say what we wrote. Uh And then at the anniversary, we gave it to each other. And so we had almost 50 entries of love. And like that stays in our safe. Like you've got the birth certificate, social security card, and that (laughs) journal from each of us. So it's like the journal can be everything. Yeah. That is, that is beautiful. That Mm -hmm. is really, really lovely. It, It is. It's, it's a piece of us mm-hmm. and it's a piece of us that um, I think that you and I have had some similar things on our mind lately, thinking about, I will say, meditation. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that it it's a similar like, okay, how can I hold the tough stuff, the beautiful stuff, the mundane stuff all mm-hmm. at once? And mm-hmm. a journal is a little bit of a Oh, I'll use this fancy word that I had to look up one time, a crucible. Is that right? You know, it's a crucible for that, I think. It's a container. It's a place to pour it all into. And the journal has the power to hold it all. And, um, oh, man, you know, I'm still trying to learn the lesson of having gentleness and patience Mm. for ourselves. But the journal is a place where that can happen. All right, that's where I'm cutting us off right now. My parting words for Nadine at this moment in this conversation, do not burn the journals. Don't burn them. What will happen next? I hope you will listen to Heart of the Story, Nadine Kenny Johnstone's weekly podcast that will come out where she will make the announcement about her upcoming book, Right after that, I will put out the remainder of our conversation and her reading a chapter from her book that I will not tell you the name of yet. You have to check out her podcast in order to get the name and the release date. All right, more coming at you in another week. Thanks for daring to listen. And nothing's gonna break my fall. There's nothing in the protocol. It's like swimming up waterfall Or taking away the ground Taking away the ground It's like taking away the ground Oh, I hope you loved this little teaser. I loved talking to Michelle. Thank you, Michelle, for not only producing my podcast, but having an incredible one that you host yourself and for having me on. So friends, you will want to tune in to part two next week when we have a really in-depth rest of the conversation and I share an essay from my forthcoming book, Come Home to Your Heart. That's a really vulnerable essay in which I talk about a really difficult time in my life. So remember everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week.